Hello, I'm Matthew Deemer, former congressional candidate for Ohio's 7th District. And I'm Nikisha Nickerson, secretary and vice chair of the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party and councilwoman for Woodmere Village. And we are the hosts of the brand new CCDP podcast, Cuyahoga Today. Where we share everything in the Democratic Party, politics, and Cuyahoga County. From in-depth interviews, Cuyahoga Dem updates, and information all about your local community. Find out everything that's happening in Cuyahoga today. And this is your weekly update. The Ohio Democratic Party will like all reproductive rights petitions end by June 16th. Submit your petitions at the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party headquarters located at 3615 Superior Avenue. This is your Executive Vice Chair, Juanita Brent. We have an important election coming up on August 8th. In this election, we encourage you to vote no, and I mean it, you gotta vote no, to ensure that we protect our democracy. See you at the polls August 8th. One person, one vote. And here are your upcoming Democratic events for the week of June 6th through June 12th. Today, Tuesday, June 6th, 6 p.m., join the Ohio Democratic Party and get updates on reproductive rights and the August 8th election. Also today, at 7 p.m., the Cuyahoga County Democratic Women's Caucus is meeting. You can get their online Zoom meeting information at chidem.com. Tomorrow, Wednesday, June 7th, at 5 p.m., join Lynnhurst Democratic Club to get petitions signed to put abortion rights on the ballot. At 5.30, Ohio Democratic Party is having a training to discuss the August 8th election. At 7 p.m., the Cuyahoga County Young Democrats are meeting, as well as the Strongsville Democratic Club. Thursday, June 8th, Ward 11 Democratic Club is meeting at 6.30 p.m. 7 p.m., the Cleveland Heights Democrats, the Solon Democrats, and the Ward 17 Democrats are meeting as well. Saturday, June 10th, Lindhurst is going out again to get more petitions signed, gathering more signatures to put abortion rights on the ballot in November. Also at 10 a.m., the Solon Democratic Club is collecting signatures as well. If you can't join anybody on Saturday, Sunday, June 11th at 10 a.m., Parma's Democratic Club is gathering signatures to put abortion rights on the ballot as well. And finally, on Monday, June 12th, there is a 7 p.m. meeting for the Hillcrest Democratic Club. Now, without further ado, enjoy our conversation with the Cuyahoga County Stonewall Democrats. I am sitting with Brooks Boron and Cindy Strebrig of the Stonewall Democrats. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. How are you? Excellent. Thank you for showing up and coming over and you know hanging out with us. And yeah. well, let's get straight down to it. Could you please do me a quick favor and briefly introduce both of yourselves? Sure. My name is Cindy Strebig, and I'm the Vice President of Membership and Volunteers with the Cleveland Stonewall Democrats. So I've been involved with this organization for a couple decades, but I joined the board in 2021. Uh, my name is Brooks Boron. I am lucky enough to serve as the president of the Cleveland Stonewall Democrats. I've been on the board since 2018, so this is now starting into my sixth year on the board. Wow. Um, yeah. So. So, so how did all of this start? What is the Stonewall Democrats? How did the Cleveland Stonewall Democrats start? And... Yeah, just walk us through like a little bit of your history. Yeah, so the Cleveland Stonewall Democrats started in 2000. Um, so we've been around for 23 years. Wow. Um, in 2020, we celebrated our 20th anniversary um, with the big Freedom Fund PAC, which is our political action committee that raises money to help elect pro-equality Democrats up and down the ballot. Um, but we started in 2020 because there was a real need for 
um, queer activism in politics. Mm. And so unlike today with the Democratic Party being a, a champion for queer rights, we were trying to really be more vocal um, in the party. And, you know, things like don't ask, don't tell and issues like that start of the fight for gay marriage um, and marriage equality was something that there was a need for, um, especially at the local level. You said something there that I just want to just kind of like dig into a little bit. Yeah. Queer activism. What is queer activism? Yeah, I think for me, queer activism is standing up for equality for all people. Okay. Um, and when we talk about the queer community, we're talking about the LGBTQIA plus community that we're seeing is really under attack, not just here in Ohio, but across the country. Um, and so standing up and fighting for equality is really what this organization is all about. Cindy, he said that the LGBTQIA plus community is being attacked across the country. What, what, is, what does he mean by that? Our trans family members are just under attack right now. There are so many, so many things going on from you can't play sports, you can't go to the bathroom, you know, you can't live authentically. And that's a problem. So we need to stand up for them. There are a lot of conversations that are happening nationally about the queer community. Mm -hmm. Do you think that any of the criticisms are just or coming from a right place? Or do you think that they are 100% wrong and coming from a place of bigotry or hatred? I think that a lot of the politicians are coming from a place of wanting to consolidate power. And so what they do is they look for issues that people don't understand and they come from a place of fear hmm. and they're trying to stoke fear in people because when you're dealing with, let's say the trans population in the United States, there's approximately 1% of our population that identifies as trans. Mm -hmm. The Republican party throughout the country and in the state house down in Ohio are making it as if this is a major group of the population that is doing what they would claim to be terrible things to children, which is just not factually true. And it's really just stoking fear. Mm -hmm. So it's to me, it's not about everyone who supports these politicians are bigoted or hateful. To me, it's that there's a lot of misunderstanding and there needs to be a way that we can have conversations with these people because I don't believe that the majority of the population is hateful or bigoted, mm -hmm. but I do believe that these Republican politicians are stoking a lot of fear. Cindy, do you have any comment to that? I would just say that, yeah, the, the difference between uneducated and ignorance, right? If you, in, in, in our, our position of trying to educate more people um, so that those that want to understand can have the education and those that don't want to understand will remain ignorant. You know, that, that leads perfectly into the, your mission statement. And this the first part of your mission statement is to educate the LGBTQIA plus community and people who are in support of it about the vast differences that exist between two major parties on the issues of concern in our community. Why did you need to educate one, the queer community about the community and the parties? And also, what are the difference between the two parties? You alluded to a little bit, a little bit here, but what does the educate in your mission statement mean? Well, it's again, it's helping those people that maybe don't understand that just need a little bit more information about the, the specifics of the diversity and, and the values of our party, of the entire Democratic Party. You know, we believe in progress and inclusion, and that, inc and when we say inclusion, we mean including everybody every single person. We want to make sure that everybody is included in our party because we fight for individual freedoms. We fight for personal privacy. We fight for fairness and common sense. Mm -hmm. 
And that should be applicable to everybody across the board. I think if you look at our membership, you see, you know, what does it really mean to be a Cleveland Stonewall Democrat? And the first thing is we're Democrats. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a queer political organization that is Democratic focused. Mm-hmm. And so when Cindy says, you know, we fight for all these different issues, we fight for queer rights and we fight for common sense gun reform and voting rights and women's rights, reproductive rights, health care union rights. I mean, these are issues that are central to the Democratic Party that are also central to the Cleveland Stonewall Democrats, where we find our, you know, our special area within the county party and within the greater state party is that we want to make sure that we are educating the LGBT community on the importance of voting and mm. why the Democratic Party is there to protect them. And then also educating the Democratic Party on the queer issues and why it's important to have allyship through all uh, elected officials. You know, I, I just heard a fact or a stat the other day that I thought was very interesting. And I remember, you know, when Barack Obama ran for president in mm-hmm. 2008 or that whole cycle. And he was, he's on the record of saying that he d- thinks that marriage is between a man and a woman, but he supports like uh, civil unions at the time. Mm-hmm. He has changed since then to support gay marriage. And now the stat that I saw is that 71% of Americans, doesn't matter if you're a de- Democrat or Republican, supports gay marriage. Do you think that all of these issues just over time are going to iron themselves out? But this is just, like you said, it's being used as a, you know, a divider, a hate divider for, for a power grab. And, you know, that stat is just showing you that once you show people that there isn't a threat to them in some way or other, that this is just going to be a normal part of society. And we got to get past that probably sooner than later. So my view is that things don't iron themselves out. We have to iron things out ourselves. Mm. And, you know, we're in the middle of Pride Month. So our Pride Month just started. June is Pride Month, which started after the Stonewall riots. But the first thing I want people to realize about Pride is that it, this is a, a joyful time. Joy can be resistance. Um, and so for my queer and trans family that's listening out there, take this month to celebrate who you are. And to our allies out there, I would remind you that Pride started as a protest. Um, and that's what we need our allies to be doing. Really? I didn't yes. know that. Can you, can you go into yeah, that Yeah, so more? the Stonewall riots in 1969 happened in New York City when a police raided a gay bar, the Stonewall Inn. Mm-hmm. And that resulted in a protest riot against the police brutality that was happening, led by black, trans, and queer women. Mm. And so ever since then... That's when Pride started as a parade, as a protest, and it's now morphed into a celebration as well, um, which is great. If you think of, you look back at queer icons like Harvey Milk, who was one of the first elected out officials out in San Francisco um, back in the 60s. He made it a priority to really tell the queer community, we ha- you have to come out. Mm. You have to come out and let people know who you are, because when there are studies that show when someone knows a queer person, when someone knows a trans person, when someone knows a gay person, they are more likely to support their rights. And it's really just about showing people who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's no and difference. demanding that respect. Yeah. It's like, hey, this is who I am. I'm, please respect me for who I am. Yeah. Then and it, who I love and who I and how I identify as myself has no negative effects on who you love or how you right. identify. Um, and that's something that we made a lot of progress with during the Obama administration. I think we can see that through President Obama's, you know, his own changing on his views, right. and really the Democratic Party's changing of the views. Right. But we still have a lot, of, a lot to go. And we're seeing that 
in this Pride Month. We're seeing that with corporations who last year changed their logos to be rainbows. This year, with we're seeing backlash mm-hmm. because of that fear mongering. That there's something that we're really we're going back to the same kind of language that was used back in the '60s during the civil rights era of being called groomers and using those terms as if queer people are trying to negatively harm children, Mm -hmm. which is just not the case. Mm -hmm. There's no evidence to support these uh, findings or these bills that we're seeing pop up around the country, which is why I think that it's so important right now that the Cleveland Stonewall Democrats continue to educate and promote and endorse candidates who are going to help protect our community. It seems as though the organizations around these organizations that, again, like you said last year, turned their logos to a pride flag mm-hmm. uh, for Pride Month. Uh, now there's more of an, an organized, systemed attack against these companies. As you saw what happened with Bud Light, as you see what's happening with Target, yeah. and anybody else that's going to show support. Cindy or, or, or Brooks, how powerful do you think that this organization of people uh, to hurt the company's bottom line is going to be for the people who are anti the queer community. It's a small part of the population, I think, that will stop using their products. Or It's just such an extreme attack on our community. We know that when we get behind companies that they thrive. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that this small population that is vocal right now um, is does not represent the majority of the country, does not represent where the country is right now on gay and queer rights, on trans rights. You look at public polling, and a majority of the country is against these bathroom bans. They are against these trans sports bans. Last time I looked at a public polling for marriage equality, it was in 80%. Um, so it's, it's it's funny because you look at these issues and you can kind of compare it also to just other issues that the Democrats fight for as well. We're on the right side. We have the population. We have the we have the support. And that's why you start to see the Republicans having to change rules for voting. Right. Um, we look in Ohio here with issue one where they're trying to change the uh, Constitution to be able to amend the Constitution to 60% because their views are not popular. Mm-hmm. Reproductive rights are popular. People want to have the freedom to choose. What do you think of the companies that now uh, recoil from that pressure that they're getting against, say, turn their logo um, to the pride flag? What do you say to those companies? It's disappointing. Um, but at the end of the day, those companies aren't going to be the ones that save us. Our, our, our community of people we help each other. And the queer community has been a family and has recognized strength and unity, um, which is why, you know, the Cleveland Stonewall Democrats are so proud to have partners like the County Party, like the Cuyahoga Women's Caucus, the Northeast Ohio Young Black Dems, the Young Democrats. These are the groups that we care about where their support is. Um, and at the end of the day, we don't want to put our our worries and concerns into corporations where they're really more worried about the bottom line and we're worried about the people. Cindy, I want to move, move on into your mission statement a little bit more. Um, we, we touched on it a little bit with our conversation so far, uh, but your next part of the, little, the mission statement is to lead our party and to improve the record on issues. What are you currently working on that is to improve the Democratic Party? Education. Again, you know, telling people about the candidates that are running. We do an extensive interviewing process and... Um, what is that called? Yeah, our endorsement process. Endorsement. Thank you. I couldn't think of that. Yeah, one. that's right. We, you know, we uh, we do an extensive interview process and endorsement process to introduce everybody 
to the candidates that are running for office and what their views are on the LGBTQIA plus issues. Can you tell me a little bit about the candidates that you might have supported in the past or other candidates that you may be working with in the future? Um, how did they align? Yeah, so um, up front they get um, a questionnaire and a lot of the questions revolve around what are your issues or what are, what are your ideas about these issues that we have and I think over time, even even in the last couple few years, um, people have really evolved from, you know, some of them were, well, I'm not sure I agree with this or not, but anymore, it's, it's rare to have somebody that's not 100% on board with where we are. Yeah, when we look at elected officials who have worked with us, I mean, someone who comes to mind immediately is the Senate Minority Leader, Nikki Antonio. She's the first out LGBT member of the Ohio State House. She was part of the founding group of the Cleveland Stonewall Democrats, an ally, a, I mean, a workhorse down at the State House. Shout and out to Nikki Antonio. Always. Senator Antonio. Always. Right. Um, and so when I look at what an ally means and what someone who's going to fight for our community, it's someone who's willing to stand up and say, hey, these bills are not okay. Mm. Um, and also someone who is not afraid to come to an organization like the Cleveland Sumwell Democrats and say, what do I need to know? What, here's what I know. Here's what I don't know. How can you help me? And that's something that's a big part of our group. You know, Cindy touched on the endorsement process, which is very thorough, but that doesn't end there for us. When they're elected, whether we endorse them or not, we reach out to elected officials and say, hey, how can we help you? Here are our issues. What do you need from us? And what kind of education can we help provide? There's so much going down at the Ohio State House right now. Right. Not just queer issues that we need to worry about, that we need to make sure that our allies who are there know what to do and what to say. Do me a favor really quick. Yeah. Let's go into a couple of those bills because it's interesting. Um, what was House Bill 6 again? Sure. So House Bill 6 is the trans student sports ban. And what does that mean? And and I know that there's, there's a lot of information out there. Yeah. Can you please go into some of the... I guess, controversial aspects of that and some of the pushback that you this bill or support for this bill is getting. Yeah. So when we're looking at the trans student sports ban, this is really focused on and what is mischaracterized as the protect girls sports. It's saying that trans girls cannot play on girls sports teams. But as we know, trans girls are girls, trans boys are boys. This is just another way to try to divide people in what I would call conjured up culture wars, trying to scare people into thinking that this is something that's really going to hurt other people, which is just not the case. People will look, turn on the news and they will see, for example, that one swimmer that is a trans female swim against females and, and win mm-hmm. handily. And they say, well, this, is, this should be banned and this is why it's banned. Is there no validity to that? No, uh, there is no validity to that. First of all, these situations are extremely rare. 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 Thank yeah. you. Yes, they're <laughs> extremely rare. Um, and there's situations where the controversy is not actually created or brought up by the people who are playing in the sports. Mm-hmm. Um, these are people from the outside trying to make up issues that actually are not the case. Um, and we see these rare instances. Organizations that are actually running these things, like the NCAA, um, support trans athletes. Um, A lot of the universities prior to all of this that started were supporting these trans athletes. So the people that the experts out there, um, they know what they're doing. And 
to be able to really understand the trans sports bands, these are targeted towards elementary and high school, middle school, where lawmakers don't understand the medical background of what's actually going on. Trans children are not having these medical surgeries that the lawmakers claim that them to be having. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a much deeper, <laughs> deeper talk that can go into about puberty blockers and things like that. But the Republicans and the people who support these bills are not coming from a place of genuine fact. You know, I, I pull from the previous administration. These are alternative facts that they're using mm-hmm. to support their own narrative. And just to piggyback on that, the Ohio High School Athletic Association has a policy on trans athletes. Mm-hmm. And that should be enough. That should be the end of the conversation. Unfortunately, the Republicans are, again, grabbing for anything that they can stoke fear with. We're not having hundreds and hundreds of trans students participating in girls' sports. It's just not happening. Mm -hmm. We should also highlight there is a significantly higher rate of suicide and suicide attempts of queer and trans youth in this country. We should not be making it harder for trans kids to survive right um and when any kids find an outlet of how they can joyfully live their life whether that's through sports or through arts or whatever they're doing they should be allowed to pursue that and to be dividing and making life harder for trans kids is something that i take great offense to from a party that claims to be pro-family and pro-life a party that i can't see how they can, in good conscience, um, claim to be coming from a place of love when these kids are quite literally just trying to live their life every day. I don't know how you can't look at these issues mm-hmm. and then not see a direct parallel between any kind of segregation issues or separation or, or divisive issues in the past and how they evolved over time. Yeah. Why do you think that this persists? That, that there's a persistent, you know... Um, not historically looking back in the past saying like, didn't we go through this before with this group or these people or this race or this, you know, topic or this religion or, you know, veganism? Yeah. (laughs) I think it's the Republican Party grabbing out, trying to grab onto something because they have no platform. They have no ideas. They have no ideas to improve. But so they have to attack. And attacking vulnerable children is their last is their last effort to, yeah. s- to save themselves. And if you look at it, this we're all connected. The struggle for black liberation, for women's rights, for queer liberation, we're all intertwined. Um, mm-hmm. And you look, you can see that most clearly when you look at the attacks on black trans women and the high murder rate in this country um, for black trans women. The intersectionality is so crucial um, when understanding this point. And so... I agree with Cindy that the Republicans don't have a platform um, besides dividing people. Um, It's easy to stoke fear in people that you don't quite understand where they're coming from. But that's why these organizations, these infinity groups of the county party are so important. And when, when you come to a Stonewall Democrat meeting, which we meet on the third Thursday of every month at Studio West, 117th, all of our listeners are welcome to to join us there. But you're going to see the president of or the chairwoman of the Cuyahoga County Women's Caucus. You're going to see the board members of the Cindy Young Dempsey, Black Democrats. Yeah, Cindy Dempsey. Mm-hmm. You're going to see um, the Young Black Democrats there because we work together because our issues do overlap. 
So economic issues are queer issues. Queer issues are economic issues. Um, women's rights are gay rights. Gay rights are women's rights. Because these are all the same groups fighting for really just equality at the end of the day. Cindy, could you take the the next uh, bill that you mentioned? What was it, 183? or? Yeah, the bathroom ban. Yeah, could you, I would love to explore that and what that what that bill is and um, what it means. Sure. The, uh, the bill prohibits trans, non-binary, and potentially intersex students from using restrooms and facilities at their schools, mm-hmm. which is just ridiculous. I mean, I don't know what's going on in some of the men, <laughs> the male bathrooms, but to go into the female bathroom is is not an issue. You go in and you leave. There's not a whole bunch of controversy going on in the bathroom, so I'm not quite sure why it's so controversial that anybody would have a problem with anybody using a bathroom anywhere. We, we saw these laws pop up um, a few years ago, starting in North Carolina, and there was a big backlash to it. Um, and we really thought that those were behind us. Um, and then we start to see the Florida governor and his attacks on trans people ramp up and we start seeing these bills pop up again. But there are none, if if a very small amount of any instances that are reported of any trans person attacking someone in a bathroom. In fact, the majority, if not all, of the crime that happens in bathrooms is against trans people for hate crimes, for trying to just use a bathroom of how they identify. Mm-hmm. Did you mention another bill or no? Yeah, I mean, there. unfortunately, there's a mm. bunch of them. Yeah. So, I mean, there's the trans youth healthcare bill, which is our healthcare ban. Um, this is trying to stop doctors from being able to prescribe things like puberty blockers, um, helping trans children being able to be who they are. What's so frustrating about this is, once again, we're seeing Republican lawmakers take the role of a doctor. They think that they know better than a patient, a parent, and a doctor to be able to tell people what they can do with their body. The criticism to this is is that it's that they're kids, right? Mm-hmm. And they're under 18, that they should be able to um, become an adult and make that choice on their, on their own. That is bodily autonomy. And there's parents that are honestly, they're also not responsible as well. So it's protecting of kids when it comes to, you know, there's parents that do not have, you know, the ability to feed or they don't they're irresponsible they leave them home alone and you know they're you know so there's the, the irresponsibility of a parent or the inability of a parent that it would have say you know not enough time because they have to work two jobs because they're single parents or so on and so forth um but they're trying to protect the kids from somebody else making that choice for them or trying to i understand what you're trying to say that's not what's actually happening here so when a child identifies as trans, there is significant amount of family involvement and medical involvement with doctors um, and therapists that help and talk these things through. There's Mm -hmm. no one just going into a doctor's office and saying, I want to have this surgery. I want to start this medication. And if you look at the science, which is what I always point people back to, the science with gender-affirming surgery, people who have gender-affirming surgery and they're trans are always, always far less likely to regret that surgery. In fact, it improves their quality of life. It lowers their uh, rate of potentially wanting to commit suicide. When you look at cis people or cisgender people who have had gender-affirmed surgery, whether that's nose jobs, breast implants, body lipo, there's a lot of gender-affirming surgery that straight cis people do as well. That's a good point. They are more likely to regret that 
than a trans person. I mean, this is, you got to take it really to the basics. A trans person is someone who doesn't identify with how they are presenting and they just want to change that because there's a lot of conflict there sometimes. Mm-hmm. How does that affect me? Why should I care what Cindy wants to do with her hair or her body or anything like that? Right. Well, that's that same old argument that my relationship is going to ruin your relationship, mm-hmm. which I never, I yeah. never quite my grabbed marriage, onto that My marriage one. doesn't My marriage is going to ruin your mm-hmm. marriage. Right. And so we can get into the details of these bills and fight whether they're credible and things like that. In my opinion, that's giving the Republicans too much credit. Mm-hmm. These are things that they're thrown at the wall in a gerrymandered state house To see what sticks, to, to try see. to get their base out, to vote exactly. in, on August 8th, to exactly. make sure that they make it harder for people to put things into the Constitution. Yes. And that, and that uh, the August 8th point is so important because, as you know, and I'm guessing as many of our listeners know who are Democrats, the Constitution... Changing it to a 60% majority is not just going to affect abortion rights. It's going to affect also gay marriage, potentially. So we have a United States Supreme Court that's very conservative that could potentially overturn gay marriage at any time. What people don't realize is that in 2004, Ohio put into the Constitution a ban on gay marriage. It's still there today. So it's a trigger law. It's a trigger law. Once the United States Supreme Court overturns gay marriage, if they do— it will be illegal in Ohio to have a marriage equality. Mm-hmm. If we ever wanted to change that, we would then need 60% if this August ballot passes. And 88 counties and exactly. all kinds of... But, but only for the people, right? We got to wrap this up, but let's leave on a positive note. What, what do you guys got for me? I know there's something positive there. I, I've got one. I've got it. You've got to vote. You have got to get out and vote. Every single person needs to vote in the August election if you're not voting, you're actually hurting us. You're not just ignoring us. You're hurting us. So you have to get out and vote in the August election and the November election, every year in the primary, and every year in the general. So we're not just voting once every four years. You have to vote twice at least. We'll see how this uh, special election goes, if we keep having these or not, or three times a year. So you have to vote in every single election. All right, so that's a positive note and a call to action. Brooks, what do you got? Yeah, I think I think back to... Our good friend, Senator Sherrod Brown, who's a strong ally for all Ohioans, including the LGBT community. Not only do you have to vote, but you got to get people involved. Mm-hmm. And people want to be involved. People are hungry for change. And when you look at the issues, we're on the right side. We're on the right side of history. And I'm confident that if we can collectively come together with our voice and say enough is enough, that we're going to protect the queer and trans community, that we will win. Um, and something that I hear a lot is Ohio is not a red state. It's a rig state. We can turn Ohio blue, um, and I'm very proud to be part of an organization that's working to do that. And lastly, do us a favor one more time. How can people find you? How can people reach out to you? And how can people chat with you? Yeah, so our website is www.clevelandstonewalldems.org. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, We have our meetings on the third Thursday of every month, and we welcome all Democrats to come to our meetings, whether queer, straight, um, and those meetings are at your office or our meetings are at studio west 117th which is um, a new or new uh, bar restaurant venue scene, venue thank you mm-hmm. that has been so gracious enough to host our meetings there thank you both for coming on the show yeah thank you thank you thank you for listening to the cuyahoga county democratic party's podcast cuyahoga today Tune in next week for our latest show and find out all of the latest information that's happening right here in your community.
Show your support by going to www.cuydem.com and make a contribution. Do you have any questions about the show? Is there a topic you want us to cover? Or is there someone you want us to interview? If so, send your requests and questions to info at cuydem.com. Thank you again for joining our podcast. Until next week.